Welcome to the Live Love Ministries podcast, a place where we share thoughts, insights, and experiences from the mission field. I'm Eric. I'm Brittany. And I'm Julia. And we're the Live Love Ministries team. All right, welcome back to our second episode of the Live Love Ministries podcast. Hope you enjoyed the first episode. Uh, we had a lot of fun making it. We're still learning how to use all the equipment and do all that good stuff, but I hope you enjoyed it. We had several people listen, had some good feedback, so I want to thank you for that. Um, today's episode is going to kind of continue uh, with the introduction kind of stuff, introductory stuff to us. Uh, and we just want to share a little bit about how all of this got started. And by all of this, I mean how did Live Love Ministries get started? How did we get to Arizona? How did our team kind of come together? Those kind of things. And so I think for this first episode, it's kind of a two-part thing. It'll be uh, Julia talking uh, to Brittany and I asking us questions, kind of how we got all started, how we all got started and how this came to be. And then that'll be one episode. And then we'll follow that up with another episode of of doing the same thing for Julia, asking her how she got here, how all that came to be. Uh, And so why don't we just go ahead and get started? Um, Julia, if you want to start, give us some some kind of prompting, if you will. That way it leads into some, some questions and answers, and then hopefully it'll paint a good picture for everybody, kind of how we got here, how God shaped us, and how we got this ball rolling. All right. So how did you first hear about Arizona? <laughs> All right. What a, what a fun way to start. How did we first hear about Arizona? Well, um, do you want to... Brittany is here, too. She hasn't said anything yet, but she's here. Um, so do you want to go, or do you want me to? Well, I mean, I can tell the story, but um, I guess hearing about Arizona came from Eric was um, a student at Mid-Continent University in Mayfield, Kentucky, and he had a class on, I think it was a missions class, and Dr. James Cecil was his professor at the time, and Dr. Cecil spent his time um, like part-time in Kentucky teaching at the Bible College and then part-time in Arizona. And his heart was uh, Native American missions. And so the class that, um, the missions class that Eric was going to sign up to take included a mission trip to Arizona. And initially, um, Eric was not going to take the class, but Dr. Cecil kept saying, you know, don't you want to come on the trip? Like, this would be really good. You're going to get, you know, you're, you're going to get credit for taking this class and going on this trip. And it would, you know, like, I really think you need to come like an encouragement. And so finally Eric was like, okay, I guess you can just sign me up. Not even really realizing, um, what was going to happen. And I think that's just really cool that, um, you know, like God was even in those little details in that because like, like I just said, Eric was initially not even going to sign up for the class or to even come on the trip. And Dr. Cecil was like, this would be really good for you. And so I think you really should and really encouraged him. And that was like his, okay, I'll go. Um, almost like, I'm going to go just so that I can have this credit. And so you will stop asking me <laughs> kind of thing. But, you know, just how awesome that even in that, that God was working even before we knew what was happening. Right. You can kind of continue the rest. Yeah. I mean, it was... Honestly, at, at the beginning like that, it was just, here's an opportunity. You can get some school credit for it. I was already an older student anyway, and I wanted to get done with school, and so this helped me do that. And uh, and so that was 
that was pretty much it. He he was he was encouraging me to go, and so somebody I admired a lot, and he said, I think it'd be good for you. You know, little did I know that when we went on that that trip, um, that it would be life changing. You know, we you fast forward a little bit. We went on. I went on the like signed up for the trip, and then agreed to go. And um, man, I was so naive at, at the beginning, like just so. Like, you look back at yourself, you know, years back, and you think, man, who was that guy? I was so just green and and naive and just excited. And, and sometimes I miss that guy, you know, just being super excited about doing stuff. But I, I jumped on the airplane with this group of people, some I knew and some I didn't, and thinking I was just going on a mission trip to get credit for it for school and, and get to serve others. I mean, obviously that was there. That desire was there. It wasn't entirely selfish. It was, you know, I, I wanted to serve others. I wanted to see and be a part of the culture. I wanted to learn stuff. Um, and so I jump on this airplane with a bunch of people. Um, that I'm not sure who all of them are. Some of them I was classmates with, and some were teachers at the, the university at the time. We get to Arizona. Uh, we fly into Phoenix, and uh, this is my first time in Arizona. And from the moment I, I, we arrived on this mission trip, the moment we arrived in Phoenix, like I knew something was different about the trip. Like it was like, whoa, you know. I'd been on mission trips all over the United States, different places, never been to Arizona. But the moment that we arrived, it was it was it was life changing and i don't know how to explain it other than it was just this sense of god is going to do something this week unlike anything i've ever uh, been a part of and so um so that was the case you know we went on on this trip uh we drove three and a half hours basically three three and a half hours from phoenix to the village of hikiwan uh, which is on the to nation where we now serve um we drove out there, and I mean, I remember that drive on the bus all the way out there, seeing the mountains and the cactus for the first time. Like I said, I was like a little kid, you know, like taking pictures and like just, just wow, overwhelmed. And then again, we, we pull into the church and and uh, thinking, what what is this? What is this going to be? And it was as if God was was preparing me for something that was going to change my life. And and now we know that that it was okay. And so. So that trip was awesome. Got to spend nine days here. Got to meet some people that, that I love dearly still to this day, people that I still know. During that week, I was able to lead a young man to Christ, a young man that many people had given up on, uh, who had become orphaned uh, uh, because he lost both of his parents um, for different circumstances. I was able to lead him to Christ and then later baptize him that week um, and just made this connection with him and some of his friends and it was just amazing, and and leaving at the end of the week. Normally, you know, I had a wife and children at home, and normally when you get to the end of a trip, you're ready to get home to see your kids, and I was, and, and to see your wife, and I was, but, uh, but there was something like, man, I don't want to leave. It almost started to feel like home before I ever left that first week, and so I went back, uh, went back home, and uh, telling Brittany all about it, and, and I don't know if you know this, guys who are listening, um, but sometimes you, you get home from a mission trip, a really cool experience where God has, has taught you a lot and grown you, especially um, like when you travel uh, and you get home ready to tell everybody about your trip and not everybody wants to hear it. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like they're not as excited to hear it as you are to tell it. But I wouldn't, I couldn't stop talking about Arizona, how God had grown me and changed me. While I was here, I learned so much. Um, on that first trip, I didn't sleep hardly any. I, I, I uh, laid beside somebody who snored really loud, and if they're <laughs> listening to this podcast, they're going to know I'm talking about them. And uh, but it, but it, God was even in that, like because 
He snored so bad, I couldn't sleep. So I was up every single morning in the Word of God. And as I was praying over the day and praying through God's words, I was studying Scripture. God was transforming me and molding me and growing my heart for this place, these people, uh, and was was burning this desire uh, to be here even more. And when I was seeing the need coupled with the call that we know we have through Scripture to make disciples, it was like, wow, like this, this is amazing. And so, um, like I said, I went home. I shared it with Brittany, shared about the trip, shared with everybody I knew, did presentations at church, you know, like all that stuff that you do. I was already serving in ministry, and I went back to there, and I was telling all the people there about it, and they're like, yeah, yeah, that's cool, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, and I just wanted everybody to know how awesome Arizona was. And so that that's the initial, like that's how we first came to know about it. That's how we first, our very first contact. I mean, it goes on. So I don't know if you want to follow up with a different question or you just want me to keep talking. <laughs> well, I guess just quickly, Brittany, how did you respond to it all? Like Eric was like super excited, probably already ready to move. <laughs> and you're like, wait, <laughs> haven't even been there. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I was excited um, to hear about what he had to say. And I knew that like the trip kind of had a different feel for him just because we'd had the opportunity to talk a couple of times while he was in Arizona. And like every time that we would talk on the phone, it was just like, you know, he just went on and on about things. And he was telling me about the young man and, and just, you know, about the trip itself. And I could tell that he was like, I guess, different, um, than, than I guess previous, um, mission trips, but I didn't really, like know what that meant I don't guess but you know I and I I don't think that I was ever like would you just shut up kind of thing but (laughs) at some point I'm just like well he really is like really talking about this a lot but the thing about that is is in my defense (laughs) I talk a lot about everything (laughs) but also just about a couple months after his trip I went on a separate trip um to El Salvador and so I went on that trip, and while I was there on on that trip, God was also working in me, like, affirming that our calling was to missions. And so I guess, like, Eric was having that conversation with God in Arizona, and I was having that conversation with God in El Salvador, but we weren't having the conversation together um, really at home. We were just sharing about our experiences and... So I guess when I came back from El Salvador, I was kind of the same way that he was about Arizona. I would talk and talk and talk about it, and then he would talk more about Arizona, and then we would kind of go back and forth um, through that. And then, um, you know, both of us realizing that we're called to missions, but not really sharing it with each other at the moment because we didn't know how the other person was going to respond. And like Eric said, he was already in ministry, and so it was like, you know, I didn't want to be like, hey, I'm glad you're in ministry and I know that, you know, you love what you're doing, but I don't think we need to do that anymore. You know, I didn't know how you would respond to that. And so we kind of just kept going with the, you know, talking and being excited about the things that we had experienced, but never really coming right out and saying that one thing that we both knew that we needed to say. And that lasted a couple of months before we finally (laughs) had the courage to do it. Because I had been in ministry for a while, and but I had only been at this certain location that we were serving in ministry for a short amount of time. And it was like, would God bring us here? And then ignite in our heart a desire for for something more. And now that we're looking back on it, we see how uh, 
important that that time was there and then what role it played but but those couple of months were a little bit weird and in this time like I had made another trip back to Arizona alone like without a team like one month after the first trip somebody called there was a need the young man that I had led to Christ um, it was having a really hard time didn't have anywhere to go didn't have anywhere to stay and so I flew to Arizona and got him and brought him back to yes. Kentucky that's where we <laughs> lived at the time was in Kentucky and I brought him back to live with us. He lived with us yes. for about six weeks. It was, you know, it, it was it was like, did I really just do that? I just brought yeah. a teenager into my home. You know, we had small children in our house. And, yeah, and um, I would say also with that experience, because at this point I still had never been to Arizona, but I guess a little bit of Arizona came to live with us. And so I was um, able to experience a little bit of what it would be like, I guess, by going mm-hmm. there and like kind of the cultural and just different elements that it goes with, um, with having somebody come and live with you and stay with you. You know, it, it takes on a whole new meaning than just, you know, seeing each other for an hour or two at a Bible school or a church or whatever. Mm -hmm. When you have somebody live with you, that's totally different. And so I think that experience also, um, kind of prepared me, prepared us both Mm -hmm. for what was to come. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that happened. And then, so now I had been to Arizona twice in a matter of six or eight weeks. And so it was obvious that it was super important. And, and then this time, like, God was still growing in my heart, a desire um, to serve him even more and then to see other people come to faith in Jesus. And then uh, God, uh, just a desire for other culture. And, and, and so it was like all of these things were lining up. I knew we needed to have the conversation. Brittany knew we needed to have the conversation, but we just we just weren't having it right and and so um kind of fast forward a little bit um one i think it was a sunday afternoon right a sunday afternoon after church um britney's parents were watching our our children and uh so we were in the car alone which doesn't happen a lot you know when you have small children and so it's kind of that awkward moment of okay what do we talk about now like there's no kids in the car (laughs) it's quiet the radio's not on like what do we talk about and both of us kind of at the same time just sort of said, we really need to talk about what God's doing in our life. You know, I've been to Arizona twice. She's now been to El Salvador. Like, what is what is God stirring in us? Like, even when we were doing our, I was a youth pastor, even when we were doing the youth ministry, it was like everything we were thrusting towards was missions. Everything we had been taught as we were youth it had been about missions and serving God. And so all of this was kind of coming together. Here we were sitting in a car alone, like driving down the road. It's time to talk about this. And both of us basically blurt out, okay, I think God's calling us to the mission field. Like, like God is calling us to the mission field. I need to say it. She needed to say it. And it was just like this relief. Like, okay, you know, it, it's, it's, it's out there, you know. So mm-hmm. it's kind of one of those, like, it's the elephant in the room. Like, we both knew. We both knew the other one knew, but we just hadn't reached a point to talk about it. And so here we were, we talked about it. And I think the final thing we said that day was, uh, we know God's calling us to the mission field, but, you know, there's always that but. You know, like, you're going to put a disclaimer on God. God, I know you're calling me to do something, but you're going to do it under my, my terms. And so it was like, it'll be a long time. You know, it'll be a while. It'll be... You know, a few years, we, at this point, had just bought a house and remodeled it. Like, we were doing everything we thought we were supposed to do. That was in air quotes, since nobody Mm -hmm. can see we were supposed (laughs) to be. Um, And so we were living that life. And so it was like, 
okay, it'll be a while, you know. So we know there, we, we just got to this church not that long ago. We just bought a house, all this stuff. And so it'll be a while before we make the move. And we weren't even saying we were going to Arizona at this time. We just knew that God was calling us to the mission field, calling us somewhere other than where we were. And so... Well, I think I'll just elaborate on that just a little bit because, like he said, we had the conversation, but then in our minds, we were thinking that it would be a while because of these circumstances. And so it was, we had bought a house, not that, I mean, it was probably, what, a year before, maybe? Yeah, maybe, yeah. So we got that house, we had remodeled it, and we loved it, like, loved it. (laughs) And so it was like, when we bought the house, we thought, like, this is going to be our house, like like forever you know like this is where we're going to raise our kids and we're going to see them grow up like Close that to grandparents was, all that good stuff yeah that was our initial thought in buying the house and so now we're having this conversation of being called to missions and so in our minds we're having to think through all these thoughts that we've had before so there was the house and we had remodeled it and we loved it so there was that and then you know eric had only been in his ministry position for like less than six months at that time at that church mm-hmm. and so we thought there's no way that we could just up and leave after six months, you know, kind of thing. And then um, he was still, I think he had a semester left before graduation at this point as well. And so it was like all of these things in our mind equaled, well, God's calling us to this, but we're sure it's going to be a while so that we can Mm -hmm. check these things, I guess, Mm -hmm. off of our list, or at least like, you know what I mean? Like you Mm -hmm. just have these thoughts of how, like in your mind, you have your own itinerary of how things are going to be. And um, so that was kind of our, our thought in that. Yeah. Um, I wanted just to include that because I know sometimes that's the same for others. You know, I've heard others talk about, um, you know, how, how, how do I know if I'm called to missions or if, I, if I'm called to ministry? And they start thinking those same thoughts about houses and jobs and mm-hmm. schooling and all this kind of stuff. And, of course, those are things to consider. But... At the end of it, those aren't the most important things. Mm -hmm. And so that's something, I guess, that we kind of learned through the process that, man, we did. Our timetable was (laughs) was off. (laughs) Yeah. So that was on a Sunday afternoon. And like I I said, I think the last thing we said was it'll be a while, you know, kind of with all that circumstance. So then I'm just going, we're going about it, kind of some relief. And then I have to be on campus uh, at uh, Mid-Continent. Let's see, that was on a Sunday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I had to be on on campus, like three days later, I had to be on campus at Mid-Continent. And while I'm there, I get a call on my cell phone from Dr. Cecil, and he says, uh, hey, could you meet me in my office at whatever time? And I said, sure. And I go into his office, and he says, can you sit down for a second? And I said, yeah. He said, you know, I spend, you know, he, he's the one that was directing the, the, the mission work there in Arizona, or here in Arizona at that time. And he said, you know, my wife and I are getting older. Um, we're going to have to spend some time, more time in Kentucky, more time with family. Like we're just not able to go like we were organize as much of the mission work as we were. And he said, I'm just going to come right out and ask you. Now this is three days after we had this conversation. He said, I'm just going to come right out and ask you, uh, how do you and your wife feel about moving to Arizona to be missionaries full time? <laughs> and I was just like, um, I was trying to be super spiritual about it. And so I was like, you know, I'll just pray about it. Right? You know? <laughs> like I did the whole, like, I'll just pray about it. You know, it's awesome. And, and I remember like almost not, you know, when something nervous happens, like you start breathing kind of heavy. You're like, <laughs> oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man. I just had this conversation. It's going to be real. And um, I remember walking out of his office 
And uh, I had a flip phone at the time. This was still the day we had a flip phone. And I, I remember flipping my phone open to call Brittany, and my hand was shaking so bad that the phone kept shutting. Like, the, 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 uh, like it was just like, oh, I was overwhelmed. At, we just said this. He just asked this. Now it was like all of these thoughts are going on. Was I serious? Like, what, is God really doing this? Is this confirmation? All of this stuff. And so I can barely, and so I called it and I said, you're never going to be, I finally got the phone to dial, but I was shaking it. <laughs> I could still see the phone flapping in my hand, but I was able to call her and say, he just asked me this. Like, what do we, what do we do with this? You know, like we just said this Sunday, this three days later, we're getting asked to move to Arizona um, and be full-time missionaries. And then he, you know, he shared some of the statistics about the reservations and communities and stuff. And so all that played into it. He shared uh, the need. He shared about the, the, the amount of churches or lack of and, and the need for the gospel, all that stuff. And so uh, it wasn't just, do I want to go to Arizona? It was like, listen, this is what you say God's called you to do. This is what Scripture teaches we are called to do. Here's an opportunity to go. Here's an opportunity to, to do what you say you're called to do. And so um, so that was kind of the first, like, oh, my goodness, this is really going to happen. And so then it, he tells, I don't know if it's the same day or a couple days later, he's like, Maybe you ought to take Brittany to Arizona first before you give me an answer. Because at this time, she still hadn't been there. And I'd been there a couple of times. And, and, uh, and so uh, we scheduled a trip to, to come to Arizona just to check it out. You know, uh, He said, now, when we go to Arizona, we, you're not going to have a place to live. We don't know where you're going to live. We don't know exactly what you will do. Uh, we don't know how you'll you know, be funded and all that stuff. Like, there was no known other than, I think you should go. We, we sense God's calling to go and the opportunity to go is there. And so, so here it is. And so Wait, I want to say this too, because okay, I don't know if, how, you know, how many people know about Dr. Cecil, but like Dr. Cecil is one of those people that you absolutely just admire and the things that he say, you really take, mm-hmm. like, it's not just, oh, some person saying something right, flippantly, yeah. you know? And so he served years as an IMB missionary in China and then he came back to the States and he helped do um, kind of, yeah. I guess, form the MSC portion of the North American Mission Board. And so this was somebody who, you know, his life was about missions and serving others. And so for him to like say these things, it wasn't just like, oh, some random guys telling us we should <laughs> yeah. move to Arizona. This was a guy who I feel like could see like, okay. You know, he was able to, like, look at people and think, like, he saw Eric because he was here on that trip when Eric went. And so he saw that connection that Eric was able to make with the young man and how that worked. And so he was able to see that, I think. And, like, that's how he even started down the path of Mm -hmm. this. Like, he was thinking long term of, like, how can people be in Arizona past me? You know, Mm -hmm. he was thinking beyond himself. Which is cool. And so I think... You know, just kind of thinking through that, like I wanted to make sure that people were like, "So you just took some random guy's word?" Yeah, no, this <laughs> no, was, this was a mentor of mine, yeah. somebody that I admired, somebody that has impacted. He has passed on now, but in his life, had impacted hundreds and thousands of people. Um, and anybody from Western Kentucky, Southern Illinois, even a lot of places in Arizona that were in Dr. Cecil's life, and he was in theirs. Like he is always stands out as somebody who was. God used to help shape them. And so I don't say any of that lightly. Uh, I guess for the sake of time, I get to talking fast and, and read about <laughs> some of those details. But that is key because obviously ministry should live on long after us because you know, it's not really about us, right? And so he saw that, he knew that. And instead of protecting it for himself to take it down with him, 
you know, all the way to the end, he was ready to pass it on to someone else because the need was still there. Um, the opportunity to share the gospel was there to make much of Jesus, to, to bring God glory through the people that were here was there. And he wasn't going to hang on to it just for the sake of himself. He wanted it to, to, to continue, the work to continue. And so, <clears throat> so that happened. And he said, excuse me, he said, maybe Brittany should, should go, <laughs> right? And <Yeah>. so <laughs> um, we scheduled a trip and we came out. That was in January. And so we scheduled a trip. We came out. Like I said, we didn't have any details. And this was just a three-day trip. And Dr. Seeds was also good about, like, bringing you somewhere and letting you catch the vision for it. He didn't take us to a bunch of places himself and say, no, I think you could do this. He said, here, and I had been to the reservation a few times, but he said, here's these places. You go look at them. You go meet the people. You go spend the time with them. And then come back and tell me kind of what God is, is teaching, what God's showing you, which was, was huge because, like, for me, like if it was the other way around, I'd probably want to hold somebody's hand through all of it, <laughs> be like, uh, explain everything. Um, and so we did. We, we drove around and, and we spent time with people, people that I already knew and got to introduce Brittany to. And by the end of those three days, we had a place to live. We had a church <laughs> invite us to come be a part of their ministry because we shared our heart with them. Um, everything just sort of connected. And then, um, and so it was, it was, and Brittany finally was like, like I wasn't nervous because anymore because she had been and she in her heart God confirmed too that this is this is where that this isn't just the what but it's also the where of what He's calling us to and so that was exciting that trip was really exciting really uh, really affirming and so um, we go back home and you know here we are like we gotta tell our family and you know it's like how do we do that you know how do we tell our families you know. And, um, it was difficult, you know, going through that, like, oh, by the way, we have the only two grandchildren in the whole family, <laughs> and we've lived in the same community our whole life, and you guys want my, one set of grandparents lived just down the road, and another set lived, in, you know, the other way down the road, and we're going to uproot and move. Thanks for helping us fix up our house, <laughs> and we're going to sell it and move, and so um, we had those conversations. I remember Brittany just being, you know, like, it was gut-wrenching, like, but when it came down to it, especially for her being raised in the home she was in, she was able to communicate to her parents, uh, I'm doing what you guys have taught me to do my whole life and what my home church has taught me to do, and that's to serve God and love God above all else, you know, and to love, to love others and, and to share the gospel and to, to, to do it with, with all that I have. And so it was, it was a really neat time and affirming time. And so we put our house up for sale, sold it in three days. Um, <laughs> It was just crazy stuff like that. Yeah, and for sure. <laughs> and next thing you know, we're in Arizona, uh, Brittany, myself, and at that time we only had two kids. And so that's kind of the, the early, like it's, that, this seems like a long time ago now. Like I don't, I don't sometimes look back and I don't even know those people, you know, who they <laughs> were. And they were so young and, and green and naive, but eager and hungry and excited. And so um, that, that's how we kind of got here. And so... That's, that's, you know, the very beginning of it. And so mm -hmm. I know that's a long explanation, but that, that's really kind of how, how it happened. And so you see, like, God using other people, God using circumstances, God using um, trips and, and situations to mold us and shape us, um, using uh, under, like, it, it, obviously His Word, the Holy Spirit, undergirding all of that, right? And so, um, so yeah. So do we want to go beyond that? We can. But that's just kind of the early stuff. Um. So how did you guys get a vision for what you're doing now? Like you said, you showed up and 
there was a church that said, hey, you can come here, but how did you really decide what you were going to do once yeah. you got here? Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly, at the very beginning, we only committed to be here for two years, which was, I think, easier on our family, you know, yeah. <laughs> but I think we knew all along we would, we would be here for a long time, um, whether we wanted to admit it or not, like we knew. Um, and so the first little while, it wasn't so much, you know, catching a vision or forming a vision. It was just trying to like figure out the day-to-day life of what is this going to look like for mm-hmm. us now that we're here and living in a different culture. We went from being in a community that uh, majority of the people looked like us, talked like us, acted like us until the exact opposite. We moved into a community that we were uh, by far the minority and we were obviously the outsiders by the way we looked. and talked and acted and so uh, so we had to just kind of figure out what is it like to live in a cross-cultural environment because we had never done that before mm-hmm. and so that was kind of at the beginning was just figuring out how do we share the gospel how do we fit into this this culture this community in a way that honors God and so we wanted to spend as much time with people in the community as we could learn as much we started learning like we asked I bet the people early were like so sick of our questions. It was like, <laughs> we asked as many questions as we possibly could about culture and people and history and church history and evangelistic history and like missions. And we visited communities and villages. And, uh, and the more that we were around people, the more God began to mold us and shape us in, in, into where we kind of are today. But those early years, we focused a lot on teenagers. Um, Teenagers in the communities that we serve in are often kind of the group that's forgotten. You know, there's a lot of, not a lot, but, but there's more things for children and there was some things for adults, but teenagers were struggling with things like suicide and a lot of them dropped out of high school, things like that. And so, um, and that was also the first person that I had connected with on that previous trip was a teenager. And so I wanted, we wanted to pour into them at the beginning. And so, um, and Eric had just left a ministry of being a youth pastor. Right. So we kind of felt like that was his giftedness, I guess, at the time mm-hmm. was to like focus on youth. And so yeah. it just kind of made sense that that's where we would begin. Yeah. But yeah. And so we did that for, for several years at the beginning and, um, and spent a lot of time working with teenagers. Um, we had some, some ups and some downs. And, and then through opportunities, God uh, opened the door to new communities. And then we just began to to realize, okay, the need is greater than, than us, you know, and it's, and it's broader than, than just, you know, the teenagers. We need to reach people. We need to reach adults. We need to reach kids with the gospel. Um, we, need, we need help in doing so. And that's kind of how we sort of mold it into what we are today. As we began to share with other people, we began to share with churches. We had mission teams come. All of it kind of played into uh, where we are. And, you know, our heart is that, that every community that we serve in would have access to the gospel. Um, and for us, it's, you know, and if there is a church in a community, that community should be a better place that, you know, the statistics that we could share uh, should be changing uh, for the positive if a church is there in that community. But, but again, I think all of that early stuff, the way God grew us personally, the way God grew our family as we brought people into our home helped mold us uh, and shape us into what we are today or you know whatever that is you know <laughs> think about what we are today I don't know if that's the right way to say it but but into the vision that we have today of seeing all all the people all the communities that we have access to um, that they would have access consistent access to the gospel and so um, 
we want to see the statistics of, of, of lostness obviously go down. Um, people having uh, access to the life-changing truth of Jesus go down. We, I mean, we want to see that go up. Excuse me. And so that's that's kind of where we are. I don't know if that makes any sense or not. You can jump in on that if you want to. Yeah, I mean, I think it, I think it totally makes sense. Um, you know, and and I'll say this too: from the beginning, we we never wanted to come in and be like, "Hey, we have all the answers," and you know, look at us, and you know, be quote unquote like the white saviors. That wasn't ever our goal or our intent in in coming to Arizona. It's like, hey, we have the Savior. You know, we have the we have a relationship with the Savior, and He's the one who changes lives, not us. And so that's our desire is to communicate that. And and we always wanted to make sure that like people knew that like we weren't asking them to to change to be like us. We were asking them to have an encounter with Christ and let Him change their life and. And set them free from sin, and and so that was you know still it's still our desire today that we know that that Christ saves people from all cultures and that he doesn't um, he's not asking them to change to be like white people when they do that because Jesus wasn't white himself and so um, I think sometimes that's not communicated well and so um, definitely like that would be our heart is that. Is that we believe that native people can follow Jesus and be native people, you know, and, and glorify God still um, in their culture. They don't have to change like their cultural aspect of that. Um, and so um, we also know that and, and truly believe that that native people can probably reach native people, you know, just as good, if not better than we can. And so you know, part of our desire is also to like, hey, let us help you in any way that we can um, do that. And so, you know, if one day it's like, hey, we're not needed anymore, of course it's going to, oh, we're going to miss our friends. But like, this isn't, our our goal is never to like plant ourselves here to be here forever because we don't want to be needed. You know, we want people to, we if we want to go somewhere else, you know, if that's what it's needed to be, to share with people. and so. I think, you know, just, just saying that, cause I do feel sometimes that's lost like mm-hmm. in, in communication or maybe, you know, assumptions or whatever it is. Um, but that's been our heart from the beginning is that, you know, hopefully one day we, we aren't going to be here, you know, because there's going to be people all over Gila River and T.O. Nation that are following, following Jesus. Jesus and making disciples. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so. And, uh, and I think that was, uh, you know, some of God's grace in that, like um, listening and learning from people. Uh, we made a lot of mistakes early on, not not like obviously catastrophic things, but we did a lot of trial by error, error you know, and there was a lot of stuff that that we, uh, and I'm not saying that's a good method. Nobody go be like, I'm just going to do it until I get it right. I don't mean it that way. But God was gracious in that, that early on stuff as we learned. Uh, to be missionaries because a lot of times like even today one of the things and this is just a personal thing that frustrates me is like uh, a lot of American Christians will or at least dominant culture American Christians I should say um, will have the idea that they are are the expert um, 
And I'll have guys that'll tell me, yeah, I'm going to such and such country to do a pastor's training. I'm going to train pastors how to be pastors. And I'll be like, oh, really? Well, how long have you been a pastor? Well, I, I'm not. I've, I've never been a pastor or I've, <laughs> or I've never been. So how are you going to train somebody to do something that you, you, ha- you haven't been trained or you aren't yourself? And so we didn't want to be those people who, at this point, we had served in youth ministry and this stuff, but we had never been missionaries. And so how are we going to come in and just all of a sudden know everything, right? And so we wanted to be those people that were, were learning, that were aware of, of what was going on, that were sensitive to the culture. And then God gave us grace in that. There were, there were people here um, that had been here um, as followers of Jesus, small groups of them that, that taught us well early on, taught us how to communicate with people, taught us how to not communicate with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of our methods for reaching people in some of the villages was, was like, like if I were to tell it on here, I don't want to tell it on here because it yeah, would be like somebody said, like, <laughs> you did that. But it, but, but it worked, you know, God was gracious in that and people came to Jesus through it. And so... Um, so yeah yeah I mean I I would go reiterate that that in the beginning when we're still learning and that's what we came to do is to to learn um, and to be lifelong learners right Mm -hmm. because we're not even going to say now after 10 years that we have it figured out like that would be insane for us to even think that but um, man we had some really great people that would help that helped us in the beginning people from the communities who showed us around and introduced us to others mm-hmm. and who set, you know, up appointments for us to meet with other people so that we could learn other things. And I remember meeting with the person from Crime Victim Services, you know, mm-hmm. from Gila River and, and her going through like, hey, these are statistics from this community and this is how this impacts this. And like just teaching us like all these things that we needed to know. Mm-hmm. And man, we were so thankful for that yeah. because man, like how... You learn best from people who are living it or who have mm-hmm. experienced it right their entire yeah. life, and so if it weren't for that, then <laughs> I don't know what yeah. we would have done. We would have yeah, been I terrible, just, probably. Yeah, evidence but, of God's grace and, and yeah. His favor and, and getting to meet the right people. I remember sitting down with people from the youth home and the residential treatment centers and community leaders that you know we were too naive to really know what that you know what that was, but. But even in learning stuff, we had to unlearn stuff, right? Like we came from a, a culture to where um, some of the things that we were going to be around and be a part of were never talked about, even within the church context. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had to unlearn some stuff, like basically take everything that we had learned about Native people in school and throw it out, right? And so we had to throw all that out and, and kind of relearn, re- refocus our mind. Okay, let's, let's, let's scrap all that and start and let the Holy Spirit teach us, lead us, and he did. He led us to the right people at the right time for God's glory. And so that's when we would be, re- like, the, now, mind you, it was really, really difficult. Like, like, I think sometimes people see missionaries like, man, that's the greatest life ever. And it is in some ways, but in some ways it's, it's extremely difficult. And so, um, but again, God has been faithful and gracious through, through all of it. Like, it's been so cool. And some of those relationships we still have today. Um, some. We were only around for a little while. Um, like we hadn't been here long when, and we leaned on Dr. Cecil early. Like we've talked about him. Mm-hmm. He, he passed away not long. I mean, we hadn't been here too awful long when he, he died, you know? And so it was like, now I really, you know, got to figure some of this out. And so, um, but, but some of those relationships we still have to this day and, and lean on them still. And we learn and, and God's grown our ministry because, you know, we, 
get connected with one community and one family and it opens the door to another and opens the door to another and God continues to confirm that this is where he's called us and our family and so so yeah what else what other thoughts I mean I, I don't know I mean we could talk forever I know we've <laughs> talked for a long time and I know we've talked uh, about a lot of different things um, and so you know maybe we'll hit on it some more in another episode about it you know if we want to do like a part two of, of uh, like our life, our calling, how it, how we got here, because I feel like we just kind of began to scratch the surface. Um, and so, but I guess if we, as we kind of wrap up this part of it, um, I hope that, that people have been able to stay kind of plugged into it. Like I know that we talked a lot and sometimes you can drift <laughs> off when somebody's talking, but, but um, from the onset, when we started the podcast, we said we wanted to be edifying to the church and and help people grow and encourage them. And so I guess my question to both of you guys, having heard us share this and having lived it or whatever, like what's one thing that you would leave with our listeners kind of a, a, about the calling, about the, the way God has, has got us here? Like what's one thing they can take with them? Source of encouragement, a source of thought, whatever. So who wants to go first? I would say whatever plans that you have... <laughs> just throw them out the window. Um, not that you shouldn't plan, but just you have to be in tune to what the Holy Spirit is telling you and leading you to, and then obey. And so just because you have certain plans or you think your life is supposed to be a certain way, you have to listen to the Holy Spirit and then be obedient to it. Um, or basically, you know, like that's, that's how God works in your life is through the Holy Spirit. And and leading you to do what you're supposed to do. And if you're going to not want to listen and you're not going to want to, if you're going to want to be disobedient because you have your set plans, man, you're going to miss what God has for your life. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't regret mm-hmm. by any means ever following God and, and being obedient to what he had for us. And so that's kind of what I would say. Yeah. Well, I was going to say basically exactly <laughs> what Brittany said. Um, just I guess when I've heard your story, like, in times past, I guess I didn't realize, like, just, like, how you had literally just bought in your house and how mm-hmm. you had just started that job. And I feel like a lot of times people can maybe make excuses for what God's calling them to do. Uh, not saying, you know, like, everybody's called to be a missionary, but even if it's just doing something in your local church, like, people get hung up on, well, this is what we had planned for our life like saying like them and god and god's like well (laughs) i actually had a different plan you know um and so i would say just be willing um to live out what god calls you to do even if the world thinks it's crazy so Mm -hmm. that's good and and i think kind of echoing both of what you guys have said like people doing things um like moving and going into other environments, other cultures to share the gospel, it shouldn't be that abnormal, right? Like, mm-hmm. like God has called us to, to love him and serve him and to spend our days making Jesus known, right? To go and make disciples of all nations. That's going to require looking different than everybody else. And so uh, when you see a missionary, man, they, they're just people who have responded 
to God's call upon their life and are doing everything they can to make the name of Jesus known. And so it's not a weird thing. It should be a normal thing that people are leaving their environments, leaving their their comfort, if you will, to go out and live for and make known the name of Jesus that is, and because that's what, that's what we're called to do. Like Jesus has transformed our life. He's the greatest thing that's ever happened to us. He is the only hope of salvation for people. And if we truly believe that, we'll do whatever we can to make his name known. And so I just kind of want to leave us with that, you know. And so, again, we may come back and visit this again so we can kind of develop the picture some more because we have children now that we didn't have when we first moved here. We live in a different place than we did when we first moved here. We minister in about 10 times as many communities as we did when we first uh, moved here. We have other team members that we didn't have. Uh, we host mission teams, things like that. So we'll probably revisit this to give a fuller picture. But we hope that this at least gives you a glimpse, an idea into Brittany and I. Um, and then listen to the next episode and you'll get uh, a glimpse into to Julia and her life and how God brought her here. Um, and then again, you can find this podcast on our website, uh, www.liveloveministries.org and click on the podcast tab. There's also a form there if you have any questions you want us to answer. You can fill in that form. We'd love to answer questions about family, ministry, life, anything like that. You don't even have to put your name. You can just put in a question. It'll go right to our email, and we'll address it in the next podcast. But until then, keep loving people. Uh, Keep finding ways to serve people. Uh, Make Jesus known wherever you are. 